Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 79 of the Big Boo Cast. Melanie and I are so excited about our special guest today. And I'm going to tell you just a little bit about that after I tell you about this. One of the challenges that Melanie and I both deal with on kind of an ongoing basis with these kids who have practices and school and different activities is trying to figure out ways to offer them and ourselves, honestly, healthy snacks that are delicious and nutritious and all those kinds of things. And so today I want to tell you about something called the Kinds Snack Club. It's a really neat thing where you can sign up to get 10 Kind Bars for free. Now, there are all different kinds of Kind Snack Bars. I happen to love the dark chocolate nuts and sea salt. That is my personal preference. I also love a peanut butter breakfast bar. Those are delicious. But you can sign up for the Kind Snack Club and you will get 10 Kind Bars for only paying shipping. And then you can cancel at any time after that. If you don't cancel though, they'll send you a box every month at a discounted price and you'll get members only bonuses. In the box, you'll get a variety of different kind products and kind flavors. So you might have a pressed fruit bar or breakfast bar or one of the regular caramel almond and sea salt bars, just all kinds of options. So if you would like to try Kind Snack Club, you just go to kindsnacks.com slash big boo kindsnacks.com slash b-i-g-b-o-o and get full details and remember for this first order you get a variety of kind products and all you have to do is pay shipping now i mentioned earlier that we have a special guest on today's show and oh do we ever Brittany wagner who is on last chance you seasons one and two on netflix is with us today and we had the biggest blast talking to her after we talked to Brittany. We're going to talk just a little bit about some of our own random thoughts and ideas. So we've got Brittany Wagner, we've got the regular old ramble, and we're awfully glad you're here for all of it. Thanks so much for being here. Hope you enjoy episode 79. Hey, everybody. This is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And we have a very special guest today. Yes, we do. We're on a roll with our guests. We're on a roll. We have two in a row. This is like uh-huh. our, our, it's kind of like our football. I was going to say it's like a football rollout where we, yeah. we're leading up to football season. Only we don't have any li- anybody lined up for the next two weeks. So that's really no good. But no, we really don't. But that's okay because this is our football rollout. And then once we get into football, then you can just watch it on ESPN or SEC Network and you don't need us. You don't need us. You're, yeah. You'll be fully self sufficient for the football. Yes. But today, um, for as part of our football rollout here on the Big Boo Cast, we are so excited to have Brittany Wagner with us. Brittany is the academic counselor that you see on Last Chance U seasons one and two on Netflix. We talked about it on the last podcast. We've talked about it last summer. Um, and we, we are fans. We are we are fans of the show. So we are really excited to talk to her. And then after we talk to Brittany, we're going to talk about some other stuff. Are you there? Yes. I'm okay. here. I was trying to say anything else. <laughs> I felt like that was a good lead in. Okay. 
So here go here is our conversation with Brittany. Here it is. <laughs> See? There I, now there I am. I'm so tickled. <laughs> Okay, so Melanie and I are super excited because y'all know we don't have a lot of guests on the podcast, but several of you have made a suggestion, and we are so happy that it worked out um, to make that a reality. And so we are thrilled today to have some time to talk to Brittany Wagner, who is on Last Chance You season. Uh, we have mentioned it a couple of times, Melanie. Six or six or seventeen times, I believe we've mentioned that we have been binge watched Last Chance You. Yes, we've mentioned it six or seventeen times, and so we're so excited to have Brittany with us today. Brittany, welcome to the Big Boo Cast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to women. Oh, <laughs> listen, Brittany. There's no telling where this thing may go before we're finished. I mean, we may- no, we just we had a whole thing last week. Was it or two weeks ago on the podcast? Where we were like, we really start like college football season, and we want to believe we're going to be our best selves and act like normal people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what last chance you validated for me is I was like, oh, it kind of can bring out everybody's worst self at times. You know, <laughs> like you, we all get a little intense when football is involved, and that's okay. That that's okay. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> Do you think the season will be different for you? just the college football season in general is going to be different for you this year because you're, you're not at East Mississippi anymore. Um, so you're removed from kind of the immediate day-to-day involvement with a program. Do you think that's going to free you up a little bit to enjoy college football in maybe a different way? Um, you know, I don't know that this season will be any different. Uh, I think I thought about it maybe in a year and maybe next season or, or the year after that. I mean, this season I have so many players still playing division one football or that I feel like I my fall is getting pretty booked with just me trying to go watch those guys play mm-hmm. um so I mean it'll be Thursday nights will be weird because East Mississippi played on Thursday nights and and so every Thursday night you know I was at a game and that'll be a little strange um to not be at those games and on the sideline of those games but I feel like I'll I'll still be very involved in going to see all my guys play in person um so maybe this season will be normal now. In a couple years, I'll probably start to get the get the itch of of you know wanting wanting to go watch players play. Sure. Okay. Well, so that that kind of leads me into something that I felt like because I work with high school kids, and so I I feel like as somebody who has worked with high school kids and um and been in some of the situations that I've seen you in in terms of trying to just coach them up a little bit in terms of like <laughs> let, 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 let's finish strong let's 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 dream a little bigger how was it ever emotionally hard on you to feel like sometimes maybe you wanted more for those those guys than they wanted for themselves or to feel like you were so invested that there was almost maybe an emotional hangover at the end of the day sometimes yeah it really it was and um you know, right before we started filming season one, we did the GQ article in 2014. And after we did that GQ article, the the guy that wrote that article, Drew Jaber, was sitting in my office and I was crying. The, the guys of that class, of the 2014 class, had just left. And I was crying and I was an emotional wreck. And I, and I looked at him and I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And he mm-hmm. said, doing what? And I said, I'm, I, I am not going to connect with these kids anymore like this because it, it, it is too emotionally draining for me mm-hmm. to 
get this attached to them and then they leave and then some of them you never hear from again you know some of them you some of them you do but some of them you don't and it, it was like it was like moving my child out of my house you know or something every single year mm. and there was always you know two or three players that I just had really connect, bonded with and I felt like I was their mother and then they're leaving me and it was just awful and so I I had kind of made the decision in my mind I'm going to do this job I'm going to do it to the best of my ability but I'm going to I'm going to do it from arm's length so I'm not going to mm-hmm. connect these guys like this anymore it's it's taking too much out of me and then Ronald Ollie came along <laughs> let me tell you something let me tell Adderall you went something out the window in like five minutes uh-huh. so then I found myself you know you know connecting maybe more than it, because I said that, you know, God said, Oh yeah, that's hilarious. Here's Ronald Ollie. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and it just doesn't, I don't think I'm that kind of person. I, I'm not the kind of person that I'm passionate and I'm all in and in, in everything I do. So I can't do, do that. I can't do the job without connecting. And it is emotionally draining. It's emotionally draining when you lose, you know, you bond with a player and then they leave. It's also emotionally draining when you deal with a DJ law you know, or a Cam Carter mm-hmm. who you are just, you want so badly to like make them do it, you know, or make them get it. And, and you can't. And that's hard because I, I know the consequence of that, yeah. you know, I, and they don't. And so it's just like parenting a child when your child won't do what you want them to do, you know, the consequence or the, what's going to, you know, the outcome's going to be, but you have to let your child figure that out for themselves. And, you know, that's the hard part, too, is knowing knowing that, you know, if, if DJ Law would have just put forth 50% effort, he wouldn't be in the situation he's in right now and, and trying to get that across to him. And But if they don't, you know, if, if they don't buy in, they just don't buy in. And that was something that I learned. Um, I had a mentor when I was at Mississippi State that told me, you know, you can't change in four years what they've been doing for 18. Mm, so yeah. mm-hmm. don't you can't take it personally and you can't save them all. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you try to, and you do take it personally, you burn out a lot quicker. Um, so I just, I tried to focus on the guys that were buying in and the guys that did really want my help. And I would, you know, I helped the others, but I didn't get all caught up in, in trying to force myself on people that didn't want my help. Yeah. And I think there in those, those kinds of situations, there are some kids who really do want relationship and there are some kids who want a checklist. And so you have to have a little bit of discernment in order to know, okay, who, who are my kids who are really wanting to, to have a relationship? And who are the ones who maybe just really want me to give them a plan? Yeah, and then there's some that don't want you to do it. They just want you to go away. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a trick. I, I, but I felt like, as I'm hearing you say this, I'm like that, but you almost have to have that quality. It's like the double-edged sword, I would think, of being in that position and and having that heart is because that's what struck me so much about you is I was like, you could tell you cared so deeply about every one of those guys. And I think even if they're there to just check a list, they know how much you care, you know? And so just I, I think that's such a part of how you almost have to be to be able to be in that position and be effective, which is why you were, why everybody loved you, you know? It was, it's because you did care so much. Yeah, I think you really have to be aware of, you know, who you're dealing with. And it was always a struggle for everyone's, every single one of them was different. And every single one of them, you know, you kind of had to handle differently. And even like Ollie, you know, Ollie really wanted that relationship 
but it scared him. And he would, he would, you know, tug a war with me on the relationship even. Um, and you have to kind of go with the flow of that and feel out, you know, what he's doing and the, the push and pull of, of him uh, navigating a relationship like that because it mm-hmm. wasn't something he had ever had. Um, you know, and it's interesting. And, and sometimes I was really good at it and sometimes I was really bad at it. And, um, you know, you just try, you do your best every day and you try, you try to really know them and know what they need. Now at the same time, you know, I knew that DJ law wanted me to go away. Mm. I knew that he, mm. you know, just wanted me to leave him alone and he wanted to do what he had always done. And that was just do what he wanted to do, you know, play football and, and, get by or, or not get by, you know, play until he was ineligible. That's kind of what he, what his goal was, I think. Mm. And, you know, kids like that, um, you know, I tried my best to kind of do it their way or do it, do it in a way that I thought that they would respond. But I also, I don't have the personality to sit by and <laughs> sit back and just watch someone destroy their life. So, with, you know, with DJ, I mean, I would let him, I would let him kind of do it his way for a little while. And then I would just be like, okay, no, I'm taking over, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do this anymore. Um, and, you know, and I think sometimes they, that, that breaks them and they start to buy in. Sometimes it, you know, it really just buys them more time. Well, and I think, you know, somebody who works with teenagers, one thing I've learned that is in one way liberating and then in one way totally frustrating is that you can't fix it. Like, you can only do what you can do, but you can't fix it. And if you have a personality that is prone to fix, which I do, I mean, you can really feel like some days you're just running up against a wall. So I love that you continue to put yourself out there, even knowing all those limitations of relationship. And honestly, when I saw this past season on this most recent season, that you went to see Ollie play at Nickel State. I was like, oh, she's my people. Like, she stayed <laughs> in it. She stayed in it with him after he was gone. And that, I think, is is even more remarkable than what you did with those guys in your office. Yeah, you know, I've always done that. And, um, you know, it's interesting to me, too, because I've, I was there for eight years. And the amount of players that I had, I mean, you know, there was an Ollie every year for eight years. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that this one was on TV. But... My very first, kind of the very first player that I ever, um, my very first year at Scuba and the first player that I ever really cared about in that way, and and it was a a very much an unconditional love, mother love, was Randall Mackey, who ended up going to Ole Miss. And I'm a Mississippi State alumni. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and, and I mean, I have cowbells and like I go to all the Mississippi State games and like I'm diehard. And here this, my child is going to play quarterback at Ole Miss. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I will, t- I'm, I kid you not. Like I, I went to spring games. I went to every single game Ole Miss played the next two years. I traveled um, because he, I mean, he was my, like my kid. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I would get nervous and I couldn't sit in the stands and I would have to walk around and. And that's when I, the first time that I ever really felt, I'll, I'll never forget his first spring game um, at Ole Miss, his junior year. I go, I drive over and I'm sitting in the stands and and I literally thought I was going to be sick. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous, like for him and like, and I didn't, this, Kennedy was a baby at this time. And so I didn't, I didn't have that experience as a parent. And I was walking around that stadium, just a nervous wreck. And it hit me. You know, I have unconditional love for this this 
this kid that is not my child, you know, like I am <laughs> yes, nervous, I am. like back for him, like, a, like, a, like his, I'm his mother. And, um, every year, I mean, every year since then, there were players, uh, one or two, probably every year that I followed. And I went to, I mean, I went to, um, games all over the country watching my guys play. Um, and this past year, one of my first players, Quentin Dial, who played at Alabama, um, plays for the San Francisco 49ers. And this past year, he flew me out to watch him play in an, in an NFL game because I had never seen him play in the NFL. And, I mean, and, and he was a player that graduated in 2010, you know, from East Mississippi. So, yeah, I mean, I would have followed – I would have gone to a Nichols game to see Ollie regardless of if there were cameras there or not. Um, I went to Auburn um, several times to see J5. Um, I'll go to an Auburn game this year to see him. Um, I'm going to head out to Texas Tech this spring, I mean, this fall, to see Dakota play. Oh, so, Dakota. Oh, <laughs> Dakota. <laughs> so I, you know, and, and I've got, I finally have some guys at Mississippi State again, so I'm excited to be able to see them. And um, But, yeah, I've, I've always done that, and um, that's fun for me, too. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it's selfish in a way because that's where you, it kind of fills me up to go, see them and, and know that you had a part in that. And, um, it's, it's very rewarding. Well, I always say like it, and you're a mom of one. I'm a mama of one. Melanie's a mama of one. And so yes. it's so interesting to me that maybe when you're in a situation where you don't necessarily have a house full of children of your own, just how these 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 young adults or they could be teenagers or they could be your 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 kids friends or whatever but but you do sort of fill up your your quiver in a way with these spiritual children um it's not that you're there to take the place of their mom it's not that you're there to override their mom or anything like that it's just the sweetest relationship where you get a small voice in their lives for even just a tiny window of time and it's it's the sweetest thing. It really is the sweetest thing. Um, okay, so I'm curious to know about the Mississippi State thing, because, you know, I went to State, too. Do you also, and I was in a group text yesterday about this with some friends of mine, do you have an irrational maternal affection for Dak Prescott? I do. <laughs> yes! I yes. do. I love him. I love him, and I loved him before, um, you know, I mean, watching him play and then and then the, the season where his mom passed away. I mean, I, I don't know how any Mississippi State fan's heart couldn't have broken for him then. But I actually had the opportunity to meet him. Um, I do a lot with the Senior Bowl. And he was playing in the Senior Bowl two years ago. And I was there. And I knew he was playing in it. And I didn't know if he knew who I was or not. Um, you know, the show had not come out yet. But I, we had been filming it. And, and right. I, you know, I, I, I didn't know if he knew who I was. And. I'm in the lobby of the hotel and he walks up to me. My back was to him and he walked up to me and he was like, Miss Wagner. And so we met, we took pictures. Kennedy took pictures with him. Um, and we kind of, we got each other's phone numbers and, and you know, kind of stayed in touch. And um, what a great, what a great guy. Mm -hmm. um, what a great role model for, you know, college athletes everywhere. And I just, I have so much respect for him. And um, yeah. I mean, I think if you don't love Dak Prescott, something's wrong with you. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm a Texas A&M. That's where I went. I'm a Texas A&M graduate. But even a Dak Prescott's story is so powerful that it, it made everybody fall in love with him. You know, you just can't help but like to see a kid go through all that and then to see the success he's had and how humble he's walked in that. And that, to me, is such a rarity in today's world that you walk it with such graciousness that it's like you can't help but adore him. I mean, he's, and Sophie's trying to act real calm, but I know part of her wants to say, um, can I have his phone number? I know, so. Brittany, could, if he could just, I really, I could encourage him. I feel like, I really feel like I could encourage him. Listen, just invite him over for dinner in case he's in Birmingham and wants, needs yeah. a good home cooked meal. I just want to reach out, that's you right. know. That. You know, what's crazy is like, I feel the same way. Like, I, you know, I, every now and then I'll send him, you know, like a message or something. And the thing that's funny is like, he doesn't need, anyone's encouragement like he's he's so grounded and so mature and like I feel like he you know I feel like I almost need him to encourage me more than than (laughs) I encourage him like he's just got it together and um yeah he's great he the that egg bowl um when he came in at the end and and you know we won an overtime and all that my sister and I were there and we stayed like I mean we really probably took it too far, but we stayed in the stadium like all the way through the post-game press conference and we watched it on the scoreboard. But that night, I mean, you can just see it in him. That night we were like, there is something so special about that kid. And Melanie had said the same thing in the, in the A&M game that year. She had yeah. we were texting and mm-hmm. she was like, there's something special about that kid. So it's so fun to see him do so well and to handle it so well. And to, um, I don't know, just, just really be the, the guy whose dreams have come true and who, I don't know. I just, I got to get off of it because I could talk about it forever. Okay. Well, and it feels like poetic. I thought about it last We Well, we had, we were at dinner last night and I had on the Cowboy Cardinal game was on last night. And I thought, and it feels so poetic that he's playing for America's team. You know, like it's just, it's made me a Cowboys fan again. Like I had kind of been like, eh, Cowboys, whatever, even living in Texas. But I'm like, oh, I'm back on board. I'm all in. Oh yeah, me too. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, Brittany, one thing I noticed in season two, especially, and I can't remember if this was as much a thing in season one, because it's been a while, it's been a year since I watched it, but your color coordination and support of your team was really sort of spot on. I mean, you did a lot of red, (laughs) you did a lot of black, and I don't feel like that was an accident. I feel like you had worked that whole thing out. Like, I feel like you had a lot of red and black in your wardrobe. Was that, was that intentional? Were you really, you were all in, like, supporting your, supporting your people? Yeah, you know, yeah, well, I'll say this too. My high school was red and black. I feel like I've always been, other than Mississippi State, which, Mm -hmm. you know, maroon's a deeper shade of red, but but my high school is red and black. Um, I was at Jacksonville State in Alabama for a little bit, and they were red and black and Mm -hmm. white, and, and, you know, like, I feel like I've all, I just, I have a lot, I I love red, the color red, and so I kind of have a lot of that in my wardrobe, I think, just from you know, forever being affiliated with schools that are red and black, but yeah, it was definitely intentional. And, um, on game days, I always tried to wear some kind of ensemble of red and black. Um, I also, I don't know, I think they only got one shot of them, which I was a little disappointed of, but this fan of mine from Oklahoma, um, her name is Diane Freeman and she became this huge fan of the show. She drove, they drove from Oklahoma to scuba to meet me. And I just became friends with her. We just, I don't know, we hit it off. And she has the greatest taste in jewelry. And so she used to send me jewelry, packages of jewelry. Oh, wow. I want somebody to send me packages of jewelry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she has great taste. So there are several, she noticed in season one that I love bracelets. And so there's, I know there's one shot of these red and black um, 
I think they're Tory Burch bracelets or I don't know. I'm, but anyway, these great bracelets that mm-hmm. she sent me. And so those were like my game day. I wore them every game. And so I kind of coordinated my outfits to match the bracelets. I because, appreciate that. I feel mm-hmm. like so I was mm-hmm. just, yeah, I wore red and black. So yeah. where do you like to shop? Like what are your some, some of your favorite places? And I, my hometown is, is your town right now before you, you make your move. So I know sometimes in a smaller place, you don't have as many right. options. But where do you like to shop? Um. You know, and I'm not, I'm like a, a discount type of shopper. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to pay, you know, I'm not going to pay $100 for a shirt or anything like that. Like, even, you know, even if I have the money, I'm just cheap. So, I'm a TJ Maxx, yes, Nordstrom Rack, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like a, I want the name brand stuff, but I want it for $30. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm a t- I love TJ Maxx. I love Nordstrom Rack. I love those types of stores. Um, there's a great boutique that is here where I live, and it's they do a lot of online. You can order all their clothes online. They post on Instagram and all that, and you can order it. It's called I Just Have to Have It. A lot of my clothes from season two, like the, I've gotten a lot of texts asking me where I got that sweater with the shoulder cut out, the white sweater. That came from there. I get a lot of stuff from there. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just... It's kind of, I, I used to do Express all the time because it was like the only store where I could get like dress fits in this town that I live in. Um, so I would go in Express and just buy like five or six pair of dress pants and then, you know, some shirts and piece them together. But um, I do, I, I kind of, li- I like the TJ Maxx and the discount stores. And then I like the boutiques because I don't want to go out and have somebody else wearing my outfit. Right. That really drives me nuts. So I try, I like to do the boutique so that I know I'm, I have something original on. Well, sure. the, um, the, I just have to have it. I went, I was in there not too long ago with my cousin's daughters. We were trying to, we were looking for some dresses and things like that. And, um, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to enjoy your, your, your Nordstrom Rack experience here in Birmingham. It's going to be a good thing. I feel like it's, it's, I know, except I'm probably going to be broke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> entirely too much money shopping there because there's so many great stores. Okay. So you have, you have transitioned out of your former job that we watched you do on Last Chance You, and you've got a whole new thing that you're doing um, tell us a little bit about that, about kind of how you are connecting to school districts and parents and all that kind of stuff to do the same sort of thing in a different setting. Yeah, I, I really don't, I mean, I have had so many out of body experiences lately. <laughs> I feel like the past two years of my life have just been one massive out of body experience where mm-hmm. something bigger than myself has taken over. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I, because I was really, I mean, I, I was in a cush situation at EMCC. I mean, I, um, it was a well-old machine at that point, you know, at the point after eight years, I mean, I had it going and, and it was my comfort zone and it was stressful and there was a lot, a lot of stress and, you know, heartache, but, but it was easy, you know, Mm -hmm. at this point in a way. And I just, something was just tugging at me in a way that I could not ignore it that to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I just kept feeling like I have been given this platform that I did not ask for. I do not deserve, you know, I don't even know how I got it, but I I have been given this platform. And if I just sit and scoop and continue to do what I've always done, I'm, I'm not giving that platform justice. I'm not Mm -hmm. not doing, you know, 
what I what I've been the opportunity. I'm not taking advantage of the opportunity that I've been given. Mm-hmm. So I just and I kept trying to push that thought aside, and I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know, I'm good. <laughs> and it just kept on tugging at me, and so finally I I decided to leave, and and I had this idea in my head of okay how can I help all these people out there that are asking for my help? Like, how do I do this? Mm And um, I'm crazy, again, bigger than myself moment. I was at Red Cat, which is a coffee shop in downtown Birmingham on a Friday morning with a laptop, sitting there drinking my coffee and working and minding my own business. And this guy recognizes me and starts introducing me to the people at the table. Next thing I know, I'm in this full-on conversation with these two um, business developers, small Mm. business developers, who, you know, ask me the question that everyone asks me, what do you, what are, you know, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What do you want to do with your life? You know, and, and I threw this out there, you know, I would love to figure out a way to help athletes everywhere, you know, I would love to figure out a way to start my own company and just be, do this for everyone that wants my help. And honestly, these, I mean, and next thing I know, we're forming a company and, um, yeah, it was, yeah. (laughs) And so we, you know, we came 10,000 pencils, obviously from this show, um, do Mm -hmm. you have a pencil line or whatever we came up with? And then we, we started putting together a business plan and it took us a couple months, maybe four or five months of really going in and kind of figuring out exactly how it was going to work and um, started building the websites and logos and just started doing all that. And then, um, so yeah, so now I have this consulting firm, um, which is of me, of one person, myself. <laughs> and I say firm, like I have a million people working for me. Melanie and I are familiar with one person operations. Yes. I also yeah. run yeah. a firm. Oh. <laughs> but um, basically I, there's kind of three step, three levels of the, of the business. But one is that high school coaches, junior college coaches, university coaches, administrators, or parents of athletes at all three of those levels can hire me individually to work with their athletes. So, you know, the best example I have is like at scuba, I had 200 athletes that I was in charge of, but when you look at our football team, you know, there was, there was five to seven that I really was really maxing out time and really managing their day-to-day life. And, and so I look at, I look at other junior college programs or high school programs, and they may have two, three athletes on that team that have division one potential and really need extra help. So those coaches can hire me just to work with those two or three players. Um, and I'm doing the same thing I did at scuba. I, you know, I'm just not, I'm doing it via Skype or FaceTime, text, um, phone calls, I'm putting together a plan and managing, motivating and managing their daily lives. Um, and kind of helping them to get to that level that they want to be at. Um, the other aspect of it that's really taken off are these school districts like the one in Michigan that I'm working, have just signed on to work with, hiring me to come in and train the people that they already have. So mm. train the counselors, the faculty members, um, staff members, on, on how to kind of do what I was doing, on how to work with these at-risk athletes or at-risk students, maybe in a different way than they are. Um, in Michigan, I'll be there and I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of sit back and watch and kind of see what they already have in place. And then I'll, co- then I'll come in and say, okay, you know, here's how we can do this better. And then train those people that are going to do it and how to do it better. 
Um, and then I'll, I'll be on a retainer for them for the next year. And anytime they have questions or, or need my help with something, you know, I'll be there to help them see that process through. So that's something else. And then the third com- component, which is probably my favorite, um, is just doing speaking engagements. And mm. that part to me is so fun and so crazy. But I have been, I mean, hired to go all over the country to speak to teams, football teams or entire athletic programs, um, you know, and that is so fun because you get to meet all these people that Mm -hmm. love the show or were inspired by the show. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how it happened. It's crazy. And, yeah, I'm not a business owner. I'm not a business-minded person, which, Mm -hmm. thank goodness, I have business partners that are right yeah Um, (laughs) yeah but I'm just so excited that I I now have the opportunity to do this on on a much larger scale um for athletes at all levels all over the country and 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 it's people that want my help um which is a little refreshing yeah because for a long time I feel like I've been dealing with people that maybe didn't want my help (laughs) And for a coach who didn't want my help. So you know, now I'm like, wow, all these people actually respect and value what I have to say. And that's kind of nice. Well, and I think, too, like, what a neat thing for your daughter to see you do this. Like, just for you to be able to model for her. Like, hey, you may have a plan. You may have an idea of what your life is going to look like. But sometimes if a door opens... If God does something unexpected, like you, like you have the courage to walk through it and to see what's on the other side, and that's not safe, and it's um, it can be frustrating and nerve wracking at times. But I think Melanie would agree, like it's 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 worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think that's what life is all about too. Is when when that tug is happening, you know, that you step you you step towards it, and and you know, yeah, it doesn't always pan out the way you thought or, or, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but, you know, and that's one thing I want Kennedy to see is that, you know, I, I'm a single mom, you know, and I'm not, I'm not bashing men, but that, that is a lot easier to do when you're married and you can fall back on your husband's paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. If this fails, honey, you got me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's, you know, I'm proud to show her that as a female standing alone with no man backing me up, we can do these type of things, you know, that we don't, not that we don't want a man or need a man for other things in our life, but we don't need a man to run a business or be successful or follow our dreams. You you can do that as a female all day long. Um, And I, that's what I really, you know, I want her to see that. And she, she is, seen it from the beginning to the end, you know, the struggles, the tears, the fear, um, even just moving right now, you know, the stress of, of moving and doing it by myself. Um, you know, she's seeing that, but I want her to see the realness of it, that life is not always some fairy tale. And it, it does take hard work and blood and sweat and tears. Um, but you can do it. And the reward of, stepping out and having courage and having faith and following your dreams is greater than you could ever imagine. Melanie, you want to co-sign that a little bit? <laughs> I love that. I mean, I feel like I have a daughter. My, I have an only daughter. She just turned 14 yesterday. And I feel like I tell her all the time. And I've been so thankful because we have some really 
strong female influences in her life that are older, that aren't married and that are single. And I love for her to see that because I tell her all the time, I'm like, I want you to know that your life doesn't have to look like you grow up, you get married, you have babies, if that's not what you want it to be. Like there's nothing you can't do on your own or achieve on your own. So I feel like you're such a good example of that, of just being able to walk your path and do it bravely and, and to know that God's got you and that's what matters. Um, so I just, I believe in that so strongly just for our girls to be able to see that they can do anything they want to do, that there's no limits on, on what they can achieve if they work hard and want it. Yeah. You know, I am like the, I am the worst um, Disney movie ever <laughs> because I can't stand them because every single one of them, a man rides in on a white horse and saves the woman, you know, every single Disney movie. I mean, pick mm-hmm. one that doesn't do that. So when Frozen came out, yes, yes, ma'am. I was just Come on. Right? two sisters save each other and the yes, man is like done. I mean, I, I'm sitting Kennedy down after Frozen. I mean, you know, she's like six years old. I'm like, okay. Hey, let's talk about this movie. (laughs) Let's recognize that the man did not ride in and say, you know, she saves herself. And my kid is like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that whole thing, like be strong and courageous is not just for guys. Be strong and courageous. I mean, a generation of young women who know they can be strong and courageous. That is a game changer. That is a game changer right there. Yeah. Okay. So to move to the totally superficial, Melanie and I have a really bad pattern, but an enjoyable pattern of feeling like we need to try a lot of different beauty products. And we're always looking for the best one. Our current um, sort of trial run. Well, Melanie's real into it. It's rose hip oil for your face. Oh, I'm sold. Melanie's completely sold on it. But what are some of your favorite beauty products right now? What are some of your favorite things that just make you happy when you get to use them? Okay, I um, I, I Netflix did this for me, which I am forever grateful. But mm-hmm. they signed me up. I get the Allure Beauty Box every month. Okay, um, oh, because I'm okay. a, a talent on Netflix, and so you get this box, and it and it and it just has all these great products in it, it's like little you know samples. But I mean, it's it's good stuff and it's good size samples, and so I just feel like I have this plethora of new products to use, but um, one thing that I started doing several years ago was using coconut oil, um, to take my eye makeup off mm-hmm. instead of all those products that you have, eye makeup remover products that are, mm-hmm. have chemicals and just are bad for your skin. So I use the coconut oil to take my eye makeup off. And it's also obviously, you know, a, a um, lotion and, and everything. So I do that. I love the, um, um, I, I think it's called It's a 10 Hair Products. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Melanie. I feel mm-hmm. like Melanie's ever taken notes. And it's probably. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pricey, but to me, it's totally worth every penny that they, I mean. Well, yeah, it's your hair. I mean, it's your hair. <laughs> I feel like. I mean, why wouldn't you spend money on your hair to make it be its best self? I, yes. I fully Very support true. that. Very true. Um, I also, I cannot. I can, I have to limit my trips to Sephora or Ulta because I will spend like $400, you know, in three seconds mm-hmm. because I just love everything in there. But I, I love Bare Minerals. Um, that, that's what I, the, my makeup, I get asked all the time, you know, what makeup I wear, but that's what I wear, the Bare Minerals, um, okay. sound, the, just the powder. Mm-hmm. I also became 
became a huge fan of highlighter. Um, and I can't, I can't remember the actual okay. highlighter that I use. But when I was in L.A. last year promoting the show, I got my hair and makeup done. And the guy did the contouring and the highlighting all over my face. And I, I looked like a totally, I looked like 10 pounds lighter and a totally different person. Yes. And um, so he told me, he was like, yeah, you should get, you should always have highlighter. And I was like, oh, okay. So I have highlighter and I do my, I do my powder and my blush. And then I do the highlighter like on the, my temple to my cheek. And then you do it like on your chin. And I don't know, I don't do it the way that, I, you know, I'm not a makeup artist, but but um, he sold me on that product. And you don't, um, you don't know what kind it was, though? Because I'm real intrigued by the highlighters right now. I've never used one, but I, I do feel like they're a game changer. I got it at um, Ulta in Birmingham. Ulta over there by um, the Galleria. But I don't know. I know the, what it looks like okay. in the container. I don't know the name of it. Um, but it's, it's really good. Um, I... I'm trying to think what else. Um, I have all these masks that I get. I get all these in my in my beauty yes. box. I get all these masks, and I try them all. I just, you know, none of them, like, I don't take the mask off and go, oh, I have no more wrinkles. Right. So until yeah. I find a mask that does that, I'm not really sold on the masks. Um, oh, I have, I love, um, this is <laughs> funny, but my mascara that I love, I'm sold on it, is... Um, Better than sex is the name of it. Wait, who, who makes oh, okay, that? Too Faced. It's Too Faced, isn't okay, it? Okay, I haven't tried that one. Okay. Really good mascara. I love it. I feel like it stays on and it doesn't like, you know, like drain down on my um, face. I feel like some mascara, like it flakes off and now you have right. black spots on your face. Yeah. And it doesn't do that. And um, so I, I love it. Um, yeah, I'm a big oil I haven't tried the rose hip. Now, there's a Burt's Bees has an oil, a face oil that I've used that I liked a lot. But I'm a big Listen, you may have to come back on just for this. Like, I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on the the products. I feel like just on the, yeah. But I I don't use lotion anymore because of all the chemicals that they put in lotion. So I use oil, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's coconut oil or I got some lavender body oil in in one of the boxes that I use. So I just use all oil now um, instead of lotion, which I love that. I love the way it makes my skin feel. I have recently, I've switched to oil too. We actually talked about this on the last podcast, but Melanie and I love, there's a company in in Texas called Hummingbird Farms and they have a lavender farm and they make all these wonderful lavender products. And I'm going to send you some of their oil. Oil. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, it's all I use now. I love the oil. It's so good. We both, Melanie and I both have the sickness where you think there is a magical salve. And I think Melanie yes. may have it even a little worse than I do. But uh, no, no you think? <laughs> but where there's, oh my a, gosh. there's a magical salve right around the corner. And if I just explore all the options, I will find it and it will make everything better. Yes, I'm going to look like my 25 year old self yes. again if I just find the right cream. And I think that's actually called Botox. Uh, sadly, <laughs> I think what that is and called then, is but Botox. Your face doesn't move and you look ridiculous. I know. Like, I know. That's the problem. And I had a makeup artist tell me, which I thought was so interesting, that when you start to do that for too long, you eventually, those muscles don't ever get worked. And that's why you see older ladies that have been doing it for years and they look like they kind of have jowls and their face has started to sag because. You, you can only do that so many times before those muscles, you know, they just become flabby like all muscles. 
from not being used. So it scared me off. That scared me straight on the Botox. <laughs> yeah. I'm There's not another thing that I'm going to try, um, I think. <laughs> but I had the, the guy that founded Cool Sculpting. Yes. He's a fan of mine, which I'm like, okay, what? how convenient. Thank you. Now can I have some free Cool Sculpting? <laughs> yes. So I think I'm going to try um just I just want to see if it works and like see what how it what it does so Ooh, yeah keep me posted on that <laughs> right? I'm gonna need an update when I move to Birmingham I'm gonna need an update on that I'm gonna tell you that this Teddy's organic Sophie knows I've been like I'm like a new evangelist for it this rosehip oil that you get on Amazon that's like a pretty good size bottle with a dropper it's like $20 I've been using it for like three weeks maybe a month now morning and night and I and you know I don't say this lightly, so like I feel like it's made the biggest difference to my face's tone and texture. Really, I'm writing yes. it down. What is the? Um, it's, it's called Teddy's Organics Rose Hip Oil. Okay. And I found it through Twitter because Southern Living tweeted about it and said this beauty product has all five star reviews on Amazon. So of course I was like, click please, and then you go over there, and it does. It's like. And I have to say, I'm I'm a huge fan. And I just got it. I just, I haven't tried it. I just got it. Like, I opened the box yesterday. I also, Melanie, to be honest, Southern Living also said that it's Kate Middleton's favorite beauty product. And I felt like that, that would influence you as well. At that point, I mean, how am I not in for that? How am I not all in? <laughs> it's a, a matter of time before Kate and I are <laughs> hanging out with our rose hip oil, oil talking right. about whether or not Harry and Megan are going to get engaged. That's so. right. That's right. Hey, and the, the big bottle of that stuff is only like $21. So it's super affordable too, which I love. Okay. Brittany Wagner, thank you a million times for doing this with us. We so loved getting to talk to you and hearing about what's going on and also talking about skincare stuff. Yes, I love it. It's so, um, it's different. I get the same questions every interview. So I'm like, yay, somebody wants to talk about girl stuff. Hey, <laughs> beauty products. Melanie and I have never really been accused of being interviewers. Would you say that, Melanie, is accurate? I, that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> I think that's the most fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to. I loved having you. We loved having you. And I'm going to email you and um, after Melanie and I finish, and I'm going to send you some um, some of this lavender oil. I think it's going to change your, your whole life. You're going to love it. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. And when I get there, we'll have to go to lunch. I would love to go to and lunch. So I'm going to be like across the street. Yeah, since we're basically <laughs> going to be neighbors, we have found out. So that, that's very exciting. It was meant to be. Okay, yes. Brittany, we hope you have the best day. Thank you so much for doing Thank this with you. us. Thank you. Okay, bye, we'll Brittany. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. Um, so you have gotten your internet fixed since... The last time we talked, and I have to say, I can tell oh, can a difference. Tell? Oh, you can? I can tell a difference. Okay, that makes me feel better. Okay, well, I finally bit the bullet. I finally, you know what happened was, um, so Caroline broke her phone. Her phone fell and it cracked. And so we had to replace it through AT&T because I do have the insurance on her phone because it's a teenager's phone and I felt like it was worth it. Um, and so I had to get that fixed. So while I was on the phone with the AT&T, I said, and also... I'm having problems with my internet in my U-verse. And so I was sitting there and they were like, okay, you're going to need to reset your modem. I said, no, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to reset my modem. I said, I've reset my modem 64 times over the last two weeks. And I said, I'm about to change companies because I've learned that's the key to getting somebody out to your house. I'm about to change companies if y'all don't come out here. And they said, okay, we can schedule it for tomorrow. And they came out and fixed my internet. But Caroline mocked me endlessly when I got 
got off the phone with AT&T. She goes, Mom, you just told those people, I do not want to reset my modem. Well, you know, I mean, I, I kind of recapped that whole conversation for David when he got home from work. And I, I dare say he was he was legitimately proud of you. Like, <laughs> the other night, he had a thing with Apple the other night. And it was not, not, not a heated thing, but it was involved some headphones that had broken and the warranty and whatnot. And he was on the yeah. phone for about two hours. And he says, I was only on the phone for 45 minutes. I was like, no, Alex Hudson was timing you. It was close <laughs> to two hours. But Alex was walking, was finding reasons to walk back and forth in front of the 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 room because yeah. he wanted to hear. Like it's it's like a it's like a TV show when when, yeah. when David goes toe to toe with a customer service situation. It's there's suspense, there's intrigue, you know. I mean, like there's 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 uncertainty. There's a whole yeah. thing that that goes on when there's yeah. That kind of thing. How happening. is it going to play out? Mm-hmm. How is it going to, yeah, how is it going to play out? And I think, and I get it because I think the whole thing is, is you hate to be like this. And I mean, and I felt like I was polite. I was just firm. Right. Because I think that with customer service these days, it's like you have to be a little assertive because if you're super nice and you're accommodating, then you're going to not get what you need out of the situation. You know what I mean? You're going to end up walking away and being like, thank you for this $2 off coupon. I really appreciate it. Whereas like, and I think that's the thing is I'm like, sir, it's 2017. We all know how to reset our modem. If that was the problem, I could have fixed it. But this is not a case of turn it on and turn it back, you know, turn it off and turn it back on again. So I think, you know, you just have to sometimes the squeaky wheel, you have to be a squeaky wheel. I would say that I feel like you and David were probably put into my life for this very purpose. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, I will flat out thank somebody for serving me like a steaming bowl of water and calling it. You know what I mean? Like I can really, Uh my desire to be polite can really overweigh any normal sense of justice in a situation. And so um, I feel like y'all have really challenged me in different areas of my life to maybe, you know, yeah, I'm not the person you want to call when you're like necessarily already frustrated about a situation because I'm going to be more <laughs> likely to say, and don't forget that they also blah, blah, blah. That's don't right. forget that they also didn't whatever instead mm-hmm. of talking you down because I think sometimes you've got to stand up for yourself and say, hey, this is not, this is not okay. This mm-hmm. is not, my headphones broke. My internet doesn't work. I am paying for this service. And so all I want is a working internet. That's it. Well, and it's funny because, and I think you and I've talked about this, but Perry is definitely more vocal about a lot of things than I am. But in a customer service situation, he tends to be the more accommodating of the two of us where he's like, well, they said they would fix it. And I'm like, that's a lie. They're not going to like you need to whatever. And it's funny to me how our personalities flip flop on that because people would think I would be the one that would be like, oh, it's all good. That's fine. But I'm not not in that situation. Mm-hmm. The Lord has I'm given nice. you balance. Uh huh. It is. I'm nice. I'm polite, but I am firm. This is what I want. This is what I paid for. This is my expectation. Get the it. End. That's what I said. That's it. That's what I'm saying. So, um, so anyway, and I mean, now granted, let's all keep in mind that it took me about six years to make this call with AT&T. So I have to work up my energy to want to deal with it all. But then once I decide to deal with it, I'm ready to deal with it. Yeah. But you came in strong when you were ready to deal with it. Yeah. I laughed because I did put that on a blog post this week and somebody came in in the comments and they said this post, because you know how like on like on my blog now it pops up and it'll be like 
similar stories like down at the bottom. And apparently there was some other post that popped up was when the last time I called AT&T like six years ago. And she was like, weren't you dealing with this six years ago? And I was like, yes, ma'am, I was. Thank you Thank for you. reminding me. Because mm-hmm. the bigger thing is, is I make that thread about changing my service, but I don't want to have to have you come back out and rewire my house and put a satellite or do whatever I need to do. I really just want my existing service to work. Right. Yeah. Like- like I don't, I don't necessarily need a big hassle. I don't need a lot of steps. I just want maybe the what was initially supposed to happen was you put internet in my house. I can, yes. I can use it. Maybe that that to work would be a, a great outcome. Yeah, that's so much better to me than I don't want to change to Grande. Like I'm, I don't want to do that. I want to stick with AT and T. But please help me, help me, help you. AT and T is mm-hmm. what I needed to say. But it's, it appears to be working, so I'm happy about that. Well, so summer is coming to an end. Yes, it is. I know we got all our, I went online yesterday. We have our uh, online school market, which is so handy because we can order, like I was able to order like the bundle of all the books Caroline has to read this year in English and then like all our stuff. But I was like, oh, we're at this time of year. I'm ordering, I'm getting my phone book. I'm getting my yearbook. I'm getting my, you know. I don't know, all my other memberships. I jo- she joined the Spanish club and the student council, whether she wanted to or not. Sure. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I know. I know. I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my brain around waking up early because we have talked about our tendency. I got so tickled the other night. You and I were texting and it was legitimately like one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are grown. We are grown. We are, we are mothers. We are, we are people who should have some sense of what is normal mm-hmm. as far as this stage of life. And we are texting like it, like it went in the morning, like we are 17 years old. I know, I know it's, but it's the way I really want to live. If I mm-hmm. can live my whole life. And here's the thing yesterday morning. So it was Caroline's birthday. And so she wanted to go eat. There's a breakfast brunch place that opened up here called Snooze. And so she wanted to go do like brunch with Mimi and Bob's at Snooze for her birthday breakfast. So we got up and met them at 10. I need to tell you. So not crack of dawn at 10 at Mm -hmm. Snooze. And like, then we went after that and got her a pair of tennis shoes. And we did a couple of things and we got home and I was like, well, it is noon. And look at all that I've accomplished today. (laughs) Like, I would normally just be getting out of bed. Like, I would still be in my pajamas. And I thought, I forget how much you get done when you get up. It even, not even early, but just a decent time of the morning. But sure. it's not my Just favorite. decent, yeah. Just a just, decent time. Just, just socially acceptable where you don't feel like you have to lie to somebody about what time you woke up. Sure. Well, but when you're staying up till 2.30, I mean. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting my eight hours. I'm just getting them from like 2.30 to 10.30. But I, Perry and I talked about this because he's an early to bed early to rise person like when we're empty nesters in a couple of years it really could be the kind of thing where we really never see each other except for like two hours in the evening mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. he, well he's David to bed early too yeah he got because David last night he we'd been out late the night before because we went to see Adina Menzel and got home late but he said when he got home from work he was like I'm gonna make it till nine and that's it like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting in bed at nine and he did and, and and then you have me, you know, it's 1230 and I'm, I'm pulling up Bravo on the DVR, like right? yes. I'm just settling in, really. I, I know. I mean, that's, that's, I'm same. I mean, I'm same. And I like it. I feel like the difference is, is when I can keep this schedule, when I go to bed, I go right to sleep. Mm-hmm. Whereas like during the school year, even if I'm tired, even if I've woken up early, even if I've worked out that day, like I'll try, like I'm going to try to get in bed at 10 and I'll toss and turn till midnight before I go to sleep. 
Well, so it's just not the way I'm wired. Yeah, it'll take me. Um, it'll take me a little while to get back on track. But you know, when I during the school year, I have to get up usually about five fifteen, which is. Mm. Ugh, that's hateful. That's a hateful time of morning. But I'll get used to it. You know, I'll start, I'll start, I will start going to bed at 10 because I have to. It's the only way that I can make it work. But it's so funny. It usually takes me a few weeks in the summer, but mm-hmm. I start to dial it back and dial it back and dial it back. And then, and then we're, you know, where we are now, which is that I can't seem to operate on a schedule that most adults would, would deem no. acceptable. No, it's totally unacceptable. I think that all the time. I'm like, I can't. There was one time this summer that my mother-in-law stopped by and it was like one o'clock and I'm like, yep, still in my pajamas. <laughs> still in my pajamas. Hey, I had a radio interview this morning at 830. Oh, I, set my, I set my alarm for 730. So I would get up and have a chance to talk. So, you know, like it's, I wouldn't just sound yeah. like I had just rolled out of bed. Good morning. That Hello. That went off at 7.30. I hit snooze and I woke up like at 8.05, like this house was on fire. Like, mm. like just panicked, you know, but I thought this is not, this is, this is three hours after I'm going to have to start waking up in just a couple of weeks and I can barely make myself get out of bed. I, I know. I, 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 it's, I've just old habits die hard and my college habits come, come back in just with, with some authority in the summertime. Yeah. The only way I'm better than I was in college is that I'm not eating a water burger to keto at 2 a.m. That's I, it. Yeah. That's the difference is I am smart enough to be like, you know what? I don't need to eat this late at night. I would agree that I am not eating um, fried chicken and potato logs from the Be Quick. Yeah. This is such a plus um, at this stage in my life. Well, it, you know, Caroline stays up late with, with me. Like she's been staying up late with me and I got so tickled the other night because like she's at one end of the couch and she's got her Netflix on. And I'm at the other end. I've got my Netflix on and she gets up to get a snack and I cut, she comes back with goldfish Cheetos and some cheese at grooves. And she's just sitting there just, and I'm like, well, we've become a frat house. Like we're one beer funnel short of being a fraternity house here with our snacks. It's way too late. We're off the rails. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, okay. Oh. So we talked with Brittany a little bit about, we talked about Last Chance You and about, about so that, I feel like that was our television talk a little bit. Yes, yes. Has anything new happened in your life regarding television or, um, or media in the, last, in the last week or so? Anything new? I don't think so. I will say, I think I mentioned, I know I mentioned on the last podcast about Jane the Virgin. Yes. You and did. I kind of, it, so there's three seasons. I was probably not even midway through season two um, when I mentioned it. And then it kind of hit a lull and I was like, maybe I'm losing interest in this. I don't know. Well, then it sped up. And then one of our, somebody who's read us for a long time, Liz, you know, Liz Gossam. Can I say her name? Anyway, she's a reader. I don't think she would care if you said her name. Hey, Liz Gossam. (laughs) Hi, Liz Gossam. She puts her whole name out there on social media. Uh But she messaged me on Instagram and she said, we talked about some of the characters and, um, and she said, where are you right now? And so I told her at what point in the show and she said, oh, you've got so much, you've got so much to go. Well, now I'm, uh, this is embarrassing to admit, I'm almost finished with season three because I believe I'm dedicated (laughs) to great causes and I needed to power through. Right. So, um, but I will say it has taken some twists and turns and some things have happened that I did not see coming and I thoroughly enjoy it it I, I really like it because it has all these it has all the elements of a great tv show it's funny it's quirky it's Jane is a this didn't ruin it but she's a writer and so there's this whole writing element that I, I kind of identify with and then there's love it's 
I just, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I highly recommend it. So when you watch Netflix, I think we've talked about this before, but just refresh my memory. Are you watching on your television or are you watching on your laptop? No, I'm watching on my laptop because we don't have the cords in our living room for me to watch it. That would be a whole other customer service. We don't have, we don't have the cords. We don't have the cords to be able to do it. Listen, that reminds me when we were at the beach, you know, it's, we go, we, when we go to the beach, we go to David, to Scott and Rose's condo, David's brother and our sister-in-law Rose who I adore and um, but they are not they are not techie people they are (laughs) not techie people so every every there's always some technical thing well I was I kind of camped out in the in the bedroom a lot because I was working on a lot of book stuff that week in the mornings and I had the television on because it was SEC takeover week and so I would turn Uh the SEC network on and just turn the volume down and watch whatever the different schools you know had, had programmed for the day David walks in at one point and he looks at the television and he said, this picture looks terrible. (laughs) And I said, I know it does look terrible. I said, I don't, I don't, I just sort of thought maybe, I don't know. I I hadn't been paying a whole lot of attention to it, but I agree. So I got the remote, I pulled up uh, whatever the menu is and I Mm -hmm. went and they had never like set it, you know, with a TV, you can set it to like television or you can set it to HDMI. They had never put it on the HDMI and I, I, I clicked it. And it was like laser shot out of that thing. The picture got so clear. So I texted Rose and I said, tell Scott he's going to be so happy when he comes back with the quality of the picture in the bedroom. And she called me and she said, listen, she said the last time we were down there, she said, I was trying to watch Wimbledon. I couldn't even see the ball. And (laughs) she said, I told Scott, I was like, hey, we got to call the cable company. Like something, something is wrong with this. It's. Uh, and he said, well, I don't know how to fix it. I mean, just get him out here. I don't know what it is. But it was that one little button that they had not, mm-hmm. that, that little setting that they had not clicked. So mm-hmm. maybe yep. we can get you some cords and fix that, this. I, here's the thing. I need like a technical person to come because here's the, I think I've said this before. I am the tech person in our home. Sure. Like of, of all of us. Well, Caroline is more, but not with TV related. But like Perry doesn't deal with the technology stuff. And so I'm the one that has to figure it out. So like we have, we have two TVs in our house. One is in Caroline's playroom, one's in the living room. The one in the living room is old enough that you just, it only has like one port. So we've got like our DVR into that. And so it cannot sustain an Apple TV situation. The other one can, but nobody wants to go sit in the playroom and watch TV. Like, or I don't, it's not as comfortable. So but the sound went out in the playroom TV. And I was like, why is it? We have no sound. Like we have no sound. Oh, oh no. It was because the original remote was on mute. And I mean, I unplugged and replugged and tried and turned off. And then I was like, well, that's because the mute button is pushed. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. That's, I need somebody to help me. <laughs> that's, that would explain why there was no sound. Yeah, because the mute button, but it wasn't on the main, it wasn't on the UVerse remote. So mm-hmm. I couldn't figure that out. But what I really want is somebody to come just do it all for us. And I know you can pay people to come out and do that. Because I'm like, what we need to do, and we've been saying it for like three years, is we need to get a newer TV in our living room, like mm-hmm. a smart TV. But but here's the thing, that falls on me. I have to be the one to go research it and make that purchase and do all that. And then I have to come home and I have to get Perry to hang it and just the whole, it wears me out. So I'm like, I can just watch Netflix on my 13 inch screen. It's fine. That's right. Well, I tend to watch Netflix on my computer too, just because a lot of times the stuff that I want to watch on Netflix, is not what anybody else would want to watch on Netflix. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that is kind of, I mean, I do feel like at night I'm like, welcome to the, you know, the Jetsons because the three of us sit here on the couch and sometimes now Perry will always have, if he's up, he'll have a hunting show on TV muted, but then he's watching something else on his laptop. And then I'm watching something on my laptop and Caroline's watching something on her laptop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Welcome to the, 20, the 21st century yeah. family right there. Yeah, it's just like Little House on the Prairie. We're all gathered <laughs> around as Paul plays the fiddle, and we all watch our separate things yeah. on the internet. Do a bit of so. do a bit of square dancing. Yeah. A little do-si-do. <laughs> oh. That's Gully said this week. She read some article, and it was about like, you know, like, oh, remember that? And she was like, no, no, we're not going back there. Nobody's <laughs> going back to Little House in the Big Woods. Like, this is this is our reaction. We're yeah. going to be watching The Office on Netflix. That's what we're doing now. And I'm like, it is kind of true. I mean, so, I mean, and we all talk on occasion and we have family <laughs> dinner and we'll gather around the table. But I don't want to watch, you know, Caroline's watching YouTube videos about, you know, makeup and I don't know, all these people. And I'm watching Jane the Virgin and Perry's watching, I don't even know what he's watching, something where, you know. People are fishing and talking about a monster bass. And none of us want to watch what the other one is watching. Yeah. And I think for better or for worse, it just is what it is at this at this mm-hmm. point. Like, you know, I've said it before, but everybody's got TV shows now. I mean, stay tuned for the debut of the first Big Boo cast series, you know, in 2019. Yes. Everybody's putting out. And that was a joke. But, but yeah, like everybody's <laughs> got TV shows. You just got you got so many options that whether no matter how we grew up with our five channels or whatever, it's just not that way anymore. So short no. of taking every device out of your home, um, you just you just roll with it like it is. I think. Yeah, yeah, and you just and you embrace that you rejoice in what technology has done because not the whole family <laughs> doesn't have to gather around and watch Dallas on TV like we did in our childhood, which probably wasn't appropriate either. Yeah, so maybe didn't serve me so well down the road really either but you know different yeah. problem different time yeah okay yeah. So, so what about you anything are you watching anything uh i don't know that i'm watching anything different um but i i have had something really profound happen in my life this last week oh um, do tell it's nicole nordman's new album um I, it, I hear everybody's raving about it okay listen i'm gonna tell you something and you know how i am about music I and mean, you know how i i i probably sort of uh, I dig into it maybe even more than is healthy, but I love this time of year because everybody's new stuff is coming out. Yes. But here's, here's what I'm going to say about that. So when I, we first moved to Birmingham, this was back in 2000, there was a girl that I taught at the time named Erin Tumlin, who's now Erin Frizzell, but she gave okay. me a copy of Nicole Nordman's This Mystery album. And I thought mm-hmm. I've just, and two, as an English teacher back then, like I thought, I've just never heard anything more poetic. I've never heard anything. I've never heard more beautiful lyrics in my life. So that album is still something I listen to now. Like I just, I love it so much. But this new album, which is called Every Mile Mattered, I downloaded, I don't know, maybe over the weekend. And when it came out last Friday, I think I downloaded it Saturday. I'm here to tell you, like it has laid me mm. out. I, the, the lyrics and it's, and they're they're grown up lyrics. They're for they're lyrics for people who have who have lived some life. You know what I mean? Like yes, yes. It is so beautiful, and I am so obsessed with it because it's so poetic but so relatable. And I know I was joking last time about how I you know I walked out of Dunkirk and said the gospel was all over that. Um, yeah, <laughs> we were getting ready to get the to gospel. It. 
Are you going to say the gospel is all over this? But I mean, the gospel, I mean, it, this is the gospel mm-hmm. and there, mm-hmm. it's just, it's phenomenal. So I cannot recommend that thing enough for just some music that will, again, I'm about to sound so much like an English teacher, but the, the, the words of, of her songs will feed your soul. I mean, it's just so, so beautiful. And you'll appreciate, David got home from work last night and I had like a list of things I was ready to talk about. And he was telling me about a, a really cool thing that happened at his office yesterday. And he said something about, he said, you know, it really, he said, you know, you know it, but like when you really see God moving stuff around and you really see like how, and we were talking about, pu- you know, how God moves puzzle pieces and just how mm-hmm. intricately he works in situations. And I said, well, it's just like Nicole Norman's song, Hush, Hush. And, and I can start to see him start, like, because here I come, you know, with some analysis, and I can start to see him check out. And he said, oh, I, I listened to it. And I was like, well, you know this part. And he was like, yeah, I didn't really hear the words. Uh, so, um, but I said, well, maybe just pull them up on a screen the next time you listen and follow along. But yes. um, it's so, yes. so beautiful. So I have loved, loved, loved that. Okay, I need to, well, and I saw different people talking about it. And so like, I've even got it like ready to listen to. I just haven't had any time. I feel like this week has been one of those weeks where I have not really had the time to sit and listen. Like I haven't been and I haven't, normally I listen to music a lot. I feel like when I cook dinner and that kind of stuff and I haven't cooked dinner this week. So uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't listened. I've been too busy eating Cheetos at midnight to cook dinner this week. So, um, but anyway, I've, I'm, I've heard rave reviews, so I can't wait to hear it. I could, well, you know, there was one morning this week where I woke up at like 530 and I had done all kinds of things because I couldn't get back to sleep and I, um, and I was tired, but I had done all kinds of things by like eight that normally wouldn't happen until the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. I made some spaghetti sauce. Well, that night, um, was when David and I went out with some friends of ours. And so, um, Alex was at home and before I left, I was like, so if you, you just cook the noodles and, and you'll be good. So he texted me when we were at dinner and he was like, okay, so the water, how long do I cook the noodles? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know, it's probably 30 minutes later. And David said, would you please just like check in maybe to see if he burned the house down? Yes. Um, because we're kind of in that stage where he's starting yeah. to fix them. You know, like they're just, you know, uh-huh. how they grow up and they start to fix their own food. Yes. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. It is a wonder and it is a joy. So mm-hmm. that so I cooked spaghetti sauce this week. I think I, I made salad for two nights and then I have nothing for tonight. Yeah, we did. Oh, what did we do? Oh, well, see, last Saturday night, Perry fried fish. And then while he was frying fish, he also did enough fish that we did fish tacos on Monday night. And then Caroline had soccer. So she and I just got Chick-fil-A on the way back from soccer and Perry ate fish tacos again. And then Wednesday night, we went out for Caroline's birthday. So it just kind of eliminated our dinner needs for this week we're gonna, that's what of. i'm gonna make tonight you just solved it i'm gonna make fish, fish. tacos mm-hmm. i'm gonna go get yeah. some fish because i've got all the other stuff they're so good do you do that yum yum sauce do you make that yum yum sauce with it no you know i usually i usually make kind of a, a weird coleslaw thing when i do fish tacos so i okay. don't make the yum yum sauce but but what what is required for the yum yum sauce it's so good okay so i the i have the link to the rest of the thing on my blog we'll put it in the podcast somewhere but it um so it's like it's mayonnaise and a little bit of tomato paste and it's some rice vinegar and a little bit of cayenne pepper. Um, and I'm trying to think, I just made it some garlic. You put some minced garlic um, and maybe some smoked paprika, if I'm remembering oh. correctly. 
and you just whisk it all together. And so it's kind of like a little creamy sauce, but like we do. So I get cold. I just buy the like coleslaw in a bag. And then, so we do ours with like a corn tortilla. Of course we squeeze a little lime on it. Um, yes, the fish, yeah, the fish, a slice of avocado, and then we pour that yum yum sauce over it. Okay. And it's so good. It's so good. That. Yeah. And I mean, that yum yum sauce is so good that even if you just like you could make it, it could be a tartar sauce replacement, like on a sandwich or something like that. If you're doing some sort of fish type product. When did you put the link on your blog? It's been a it's been a while back. Okay. It's been um, like maybe two summers ago. It's oh, a, I, I thought you meant like yesterday. And I was like, I did not oh, see no, that. No, no. I did not see that. Okay. No, like years ago. No, okay. it was, it's been a couple of years ago when I discovered it. But that is a I feel like we do that a lot. And it's so good. Like those that yum yum sauce makes it. Okay, I'm super excited now. That's a delicious supper plan. Yeah, yeah. Look, solved. Done and done. Done and done. Um, and, yeah. And then Perry's out of town tonight. So which I I can say because he'll be back home by the time this podcast airs. Um, but he, um, so I don't have to worry about dinner tonight because, you know, that'll be Caroline and I'll have, I don't know, Cheetos and ice cream like the frat house that we are, like the fraternity brothers that we have become. We'll just <laughs> eat whatever, have a pizza delivered. That's right. And, um, Get you some dominoes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we'll do. So, um, but we do that. So when it's just Caroline and me, we tend to have something favored in. We'll favor something in and then we'll maybe get a movie or something. So I don't have to worry about dinner tonight either. Good for you. I know. I'm super happy about it. That is um, glorious. Now, you were talking about music. Now, have you heard of, you make, you're more into music than I am a lot of times. But our, so August, who leads worship for us at Community Worship, mm-hmm. I feel like she always knows like good new like worship music. And so, so last week we sang a song at church called Defender by Rita Springer. Um, I love Rita Springer. Okay, well, it's off her album called Battles, and it, that Defender song, I can't even tell you. If I've listened to it once, I've listened to it 64,000 times this week. It's so good. Like I'm in iTunes right now. I mean, like, I, I'm so not wasting any time good. with this. No, I love you, her. You will love it. I feel like it, the lyrics of that song to me are so powerful. I mean, we sang it last Sunday, and I told August, I was like, I'll put that on your list. We're doing it this Sunday, too. It's so good so um and that whole album is really good but that song defender is just powerful so um and i it was so it's so good that perry was even like wow that's powerful and he's kind of like david in that he doesn't always pay attention to what the lyrics are really saying sure yeah yeah Uh, it has a good beat and i can dance to it yeah exactly that's (laughs) it okay i just i just downloaded it done and done you will love it. You will love it. I thought about it because you did your, I was like, it would be a great addition to your all in all playlist that you did. Like it, Ooh. it fits in that um, kind of genre, I feel like. So, okay. So I really had the idea, speaking of the all in all playlist, I, so I guess it was the, when did the book come out? I don't even know. Was it Tuesday? I'm in a Tuesday, I believe. I'm, Tuesday. I'm, okay. So Monday night, I was like, I want to do something kind of fun for the book. And I really did. I marched in the bedroom and I told David, I was like, I'm going to make a mixtape. And, <laughs> He's like, well, good. Go make 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 I your mix, mm-hmm, make your mixtape. So I I would like to do that for a living. Like, can I mm-hmm. just? I'll do. I want to be a DJ. I think I kind of want to be a DJ. But I yes. I loved that. I loved putting that together. Like I love mm-hmm. thinking about the songs that had meant something over the course of writing the book, or that had meant something mm-hmm. lately, or that had meant something for a long time. And I mean, I, I got so and you will appreciate like I dialed into that process. I was I was all about like, what should go here versus here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I totally, and it's so good. I love it. I've listened to it several times. I think you did a great job with it, by the way. Thank you. uh, You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, I like when somebody else picks out my music for me. You know what I mean? It's like, and then it gets you, it's songs that you don't always, that you wouldn't always hear, you know? This is true. That's why I love for other people to pick music. I'm so happy you told me about the Rita Springer song. We'll link to that too. Yeah, it would be a good one. Um, so anyway, that's but that's been my song this week. Okay, so. so my other big media thing, which was a little, I guess it was a little more than a week ago, or not quite a week ago, was that David and I listened to, and I think I mentioned it on Instagram, but David and I listened to on the way home, Alex was watching something like Parks and Rec in the back. And so we turned, we listened to podcasts on the way home. And mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. makes the trip go by so much faster. I agree. Um, we maybe we should start a podcast. Um, <laughs> maybe we should. Uh huh. But um, we listened to, and I will link to it as well. But the episode of the podcast with the, was the second episode of uh, Wedding Knows. Listen, you cannot listen to it with small children. You can't listen to it with with them. Like you just need to know yeah. going in. There there are situations in that thing that that are inappropriate for young ears. Yes. Yes. Yes, we, but we it's laughed until we we I mean like we had tears running down our face. We were laughing so hard. It's it was so dadgum funny. I mean they always make me laugh, but I listened to it driving home from Dallas, and I was laughing so hard I could hardly breathe. I mean it made me laugh so hard because it's it's so many scenarios. Number one, some of which I've seen or experienced, but some of which are like I couldn't have come up with that in my wildest imagination. No. You can't really figure out a scenario where this would actually happen in real life, but yet it has happened in real life. Yeah. It has happened yeah. in real life. It's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing that actually happened. Yeah, it's so funny. But I think weddings are really a great place for the absurd to happen because everybody's mm-hmm. so keyed up. There's the so much expectations are so high. They're way They're up there. through the roof. You're going to try to do something or make something happen that really has either never been done or has never really been achieved. You know, there's there's going to be a choreographed dance. There's mm-hmm. going to be some sort of special toast. There's going to be something's going to go wrong. Something is going to go wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. And, and sometimes when it goes wrong, it is so, so right. It is. Yes. Yes. It creates a memory. You just need to know you've created a memory for all your guests. So, and a story that they can tell at dinner parties forevermore. Well, and what I loved about that particular episode of the podcast is because I think Jamie, I mean, across the board, it's, it's one of the best reactors to things I have yes. ever known. I mean, she, you lay out a scenario in front of her and she is going to come in with, with a, a reaction to that thing that will just, will cut right to the chase of things in the funniest yeah. way. And so I felt like that that particular episode played to every one of their strengths, which, you know, I just I loved it so, so much. Do not listen with your small children. No, do not listen. But when and because to me, I love when Knox gets tickled, like when he gets really tickled. It's like my favorite thing ever because he wheezes. He's got that wheeze (laughs) laugh and it makes me super happy. I know. It's so good. It's so, so Mm -hmm. good. I haven't listened to this week's yet, so I'm, I'm behind, but Anyway, if y'all need a good laugh, that would be a great place to start. Yes, I agree. I agree. So, well, anything else to add? Any notes, news, last minute additions? I don't think so. I feel like we've covered a lot today. I think we have. We've covered a lot of ground. I loved, love talking to Brittany. That was super fun. That was super fun. 
And it makes me so excited. I did get, I saw somebody tweeted last night that they were like, it's August. That means there will be college football this month. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, hallelujah and amen to that. I just am so ready. I'm so, so ready for that time of year. Well, and you'll appreciate, there was a thing, uh, when we were at the beach, I saw a, there was a video on social media of the state players back for their first day at practice. And I pulled Alex in to look at it because I was like, I think I like their energy. I think I, I think uh. I see some chemistry here. And then like two days later, um, Bob Karskaden, who writes for Mississippi State in the sports department, and is one of my favorite young writers on the planet. Like I just, I love his take on things. I love his voice, the whole thing. But mm-hmm. he wrote a story about how a lot of the players have compared sort of the vibe of this team came from 2015, which was, you know, when, when there were so many good things that happened, mm-hmm. that they're mm-hmm. just, they're okay. a real unit. Well, I only need to see just one little piece of confirmation like that to really start to develop some expectations that might not work out well for me down the road. But mm-hmm. when I hear mm-hmm. things like chemistry and brotherhood <clears throat> and mm-hmm. bonded and um, a unit like all those things, I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I want to see how that plays out. I really yes. do. Yes, I know. That's it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm hearing a lot of that too on this end, but I just, I'm I'm guarding my heart. I'm, I'm cautiously <laughs> yes. optimistic. Yes. Um, but I feel like, and listen, I'll be, drink, I'll be straight up drinking the Kool-Aid. If we beat UCLA first game out, I will be all in. But I'm just saying, I'm, right now, I'm just, I'm just, walking that with like it's just going to be enjoyable to watch some college football I will enjoy watching any two teams play football um and I'm not gonna you know set set my heart on buying national championship tickets at this point sure well there's still time for that I mean you know yeah oh that'll that'll for sure come we're gonna beat Nichols State and I'll be like oh yeah this this is probably going to be our year um and then we'll go to overtime with Arkansas and Brett Belima and I'll lose my will to live (laughs) the end the end. The end. <laughs> <Yep>. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody. And we'll, we'll try to be back in a reasonable amount of time and do this again. That's right. It'll be fun. Okay. We'll talk all to right. y'all bye, later. Everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye.